Hello, and welcome to the Giving Voice to Depression podcast, produced in partnership with Mental Health America of Wisconsin. We're your co-hosts, Bridget and Terry. Each week, through intimate, candid conversations with guests, we explore different perspectives on and experiences of depression. We keep it real because the illness is real. We keep it hopeful because there truly is hope in spite of what depression tells you. We are not experts or therapists. We are sisters and best friends who live with depression and have learned that hearing others speak openly and without shame makes it easier to believe depression is a common and treatable illness, not a personal failing. You are far from alone. Hello, Bridget. Hi, Terry. Welcome to season 11 of the Giving Voice to Depression podcast. We've spent the last two weeks talking with some amazing people who are willing to share their lived experiences and coping strategies with us so that we know that we're not alone and that there are ways out of depression's pit. We begin this season with two very practical episodes about motivation. We know that from the outside, depression can look like laziness. From the inside, we know it's not a choice. It can feel more like a physical weight producing a zombie-like existence and foggy thinking on one end of the spectrum to what makes work, basic household tasks, even getting out of bed, feel like physical impossibilities on the other end. But the dog still needs to be let out, and the kids still need to be fed. The dishes need to be cleaned, and our jobs need to be done and done well, or we might lose them. Today's guest is Sarah Fielding. She is a New York City-based writer who recently wrote an article for Healthline called Nine Ways to Motivate Yourself to Work When You're Struggling Mentally. These tips might not feel like options on your worst days, but on days Sarah describes as when you're not at your peak mental state, they could really be helpful. So we're going to spend two episodes discussing them. We start with the very concept of starting. I really think that starting is the hardest thing. For me, whenever I have a task in front of me that I need to complete, it's very overwhelming and just feels very big, and it's hard to really take that first step, especially on days where it's just harder to function mentally. Because I think once you do take that first step of starting it, it really shrinks how big the task feels and makes it a lot more manageable. Hmm. But when you are just staring it down, it just feels so unsure and large and just almost impossible at times. And I just thought it was a really interesting thing to discuss the fact that we're just because we're sitting at a desk and in front of our computer doesn't mean we're going to be super motivated and getting the job done. There's going to be days where it's really easy. There's going to be days where it's hard. And it's about figuring out what the difference is between those times that will make it easier to continue on. Sarah recommends planning out your entire day. What are the big tasks that need to be done? What resources are needed to complete them? And then what are the less critical tasks? And about how long will each take? It can sound like a lot, right? But Sarah says mental health experts say that having that guide can actually make the day feel more manageable. So I think having that structure of knowing exactly what I need and seeing it laid out really makes a difference for starting, especially on days where I'm not feeling my best. And even there's so many different ways you can do it. You can choose like 
there's like the big three option where you can choose the big three things you need to get done today and the smaller things you want. You can do time blocking where you're like, okay, I'm going to give myself two hours to work on this and then I'm going to give myself a half hour to work on this next thing and maybe an hour where I don't worry and I eat some lunch and just relax for a minute. It's really about what schedule works best for you and what works best for you one day might not work best the next day. It's about seeing, analyzing how you're feeling that day and really taking the time to acknowledge it and then choose what the best option is for you in that day. So after you've got the framework for your day or week, make lists and stick to them. In her article, Sarah quotes Adina Mahali, a certified mental health expert, who says, quote, Creating lists that encourage productivity or reduce distractions can help you focus even when your mind doesn't feel like it. Start with the tasks that you enjoy or are good at to help you stay motivated and maximize the time you're spending at work. Yeah, so I definitely think that my favorite thing about lists is that I just feel like by immediately writing down what I need to do, I'm already being productive. I know that when I have 10 things I need to do and they're just swimming around in my head, it just feels overwhelming and impossible to do anything. And then when I see it all written down, it just makes it so much more manageable to see what I really need to get done. And nine times out of 10, when I actually write down everything I need to do, I notice that that list is so much smaller than it seemed in my head and just seems a million times more manageable. And when Sarah writes her lists, it's not just the end goal, like finish that big project. She recommends breaking our jobs down into smaller, doable steps that allow us to acknowledge our progress and accomplishments along the way. I'll put everything on my to-do list. If I have to send a single email to someone, if I have to make a call to a doctor's office, anything, I write it down because I know that being able to cross those simple things off my list will give me that boost of like, okay, I did this, I'm motivated, I'm going, versus only writing down those really big things. Then it's just going to feel a lot more dragging and just hard and overwhelming versus having those small things in it too. Say I complete a big thing and I just don't have the motivation at that moment to jump right into the next big thing, being able to spend 20 minutes crossing off some of those small things makes me still feel like I'm being productive without having to dive into something that's going to take me hours or potentially days to do. It boils down to a gentler, more self-compassionate, and more self-aware approach to our workdays. I'm lucky that with freelance, I have more of a flexibility than a lot of people who are working in office. But even within an office job, realizing, analyzing kind of like what times you're more productive, like say you have something really big you need to get done and you know that that midday point is where you really thrive, getting those like smaller things done in the morning to kind of jumpstart a bit your day and then really diving in at that point where you're most productive is much better than trying to force it at a different time, if possible. Sarah reminds that while sometimes what's making work hard is something complicated like depression or burnout, other times you might need a healthy meal for energy, some water if you're dehydrated, or a change of scenery. Say you had a bad day the day before or you've had a bad day the past few days and you're feeling a bit down, just looking at that same environment that you were having that in, I think it sometimes can trigger um, like almost like a muscle memory of, well, I didn't do well yesterday and I didn't do well the day before and I'm in that exact same place, so I'm probably not going to do well again today. 
And I think taking some time to step out of that environment, whether it is to take that walk around the block or to go work in somewhere else if you're able to that day can make a big difference. Number four on the list of ways to get and stay motivated is to check in with yourself and be honest. So much of the time when you're having a depressive episode or anxious or something or you just feel no motivation, it can feel like it's come out of nowhere. Why today do I feel so unmotivated when yesterday I was like on a roll and it can feel just like random. But in reality, I think most of the time when I really analyze deep into it and when I've talked to different mental health experts about this, it's really about figuring out that there are underlying things that are bothering you that day. And really digging into what has burnt you out, what you need to get out of that and really deal with it. So maybe it's that you won't be able to accomplish everything you set out to do today. And I think it's the most important thing is to realize that that's okay. You're not a failure because you didn't accomplish everything you set out to do that day. You're just human and you're burnt out. And sometimes you're not going to succeed in the best way that you wanted to that day. But I think acknowledging that is a success on its own instead of over pushing yourself and really just completely shutting down because some days you just can't do everything you set out to do. And anybody I mean, from the other side of the spectrum, you know, the employers listening to this, you know, it's like, oh my God, nothing's ever going to get done. If you're <laughs> like me, um, and I'm sure a lot of the people who are listening are, we then double time on the days that we are productive and we can get stuff done. I mean, I was working until nine o'clock last night and it was a holiday. Exactly. I think it's for employers listening. I think the most important thing is realizing that clearly if someone has something that's due that day, most people are going to make sure that they've set the time and will be able to do that. But for things that are not as pressing that day, I think it's important to notice that your employees might need to take not as get not as much done that day. But then because they've taken that time, maybe they've taken a few hours of mental health time and left work a bit early, or maybe they've just been a bit slower that day. But by giving themselves that extra time, it means that they will be in a much better place tomorrow or the next day to really double down and get things done versus a burnt out employee is not going to be a productive or good employee. And it's interesting because when I hear it, I always, you know, can see both sides of it. You know, there are going to be the people who are like, oh, for God's sake, you know, you, you work nine to five. That's what we all do, or nine to nine. But there are also all these companies now that you hear about with their chill rooms and their yoga rooms and their breaks and the basketball hoops and, and how much their pro- productivity goes up because they are respecting the fact that people, you know, with or without a mental illness, have sort of an ebb and flow in their productivity in a given day, in a given hour and in a given week. So it's just natural to not always be, you know, on your A game. And it's also natural to not always be on your F game. For sure. And I think the most important thing is just at the core of it, acknowledging that we are not all built the same and not all our days are built the same. If you have a team, being able to work as a team is so important and balance each other out when one person or the other is not having as productive a day. I think at the core of it, it's just acknowledging that you're not a bad person or a bad employee because you're having an off day or a depressed day or just a day that you're not as motivated as the day before. And it's okay to be that way. It doesn't make you a bad employee. And I would dare say that's every human and that that's been forever and we just don't talk about it. You know, it's the, the the guy in his, you know, perfectly pressed handmade suit is is not 100% every day. Even if he seems very busy, we can be busy and not be productive. 
Definitely. I think that busy and productive are two completely different things because you can look busy as much as you want, but actually being productive and getting the work you need to get done is a completely different thing. Mm Mm-hmm. But actually doubling down and getting the work you need to get done, you need to be in that right mental state and be able to really dig in and know this is the work that I'm getting done and just push forward with it when you're able. And productive can look very unbusy because I know there are literally times I'll finish an interview and close my eyes for like 10 minutes. I'm not asleep. And sometimes I'll write the whole episode in my head while I'm doing that. But I'll (laughs) certainly get, you know, the introduction or the, the framework in my head. And if someone looked at me, they would not know I was working. Exactly. It's really just acknowledging that what people see on the outside is not necessarily what's going on the inside and knowing how you work best and figuring out how you're able to employ what you know about yourself within the confines of an organization and really make a schedule each day that works for you. And acknowledging again that what worked one day is not going to necessarily work the next day. It's about adapting each day and checking in with yourself in the morning and realizing what is best for you in that moment. Terry, this is all really reminding me of, tell us the story of the rocks in the jar metaphor that you used to teach your kids for getting things done and prioritizing. Boy, I didn't know you were going to say this. It's been so long. I remember it was about, you had rocks and pebbles and sand and water and that you couldn't fit the big rocks in if you put any of those other things in first, the sand or the water or the pebbles. So you start with the big rocks, which would be whatever your main obligations and responsibilities are, including self-care. And then you can put in the pebbles and the sand and the water because it can settle in between the big rocks. But if you do the things that are less important or less necessary to do first then you don't have any room for the other ones. It's a good one. It's so funny you brought that up. Yeah. I found that the, although I'm going to now talk about the little things, I thought that the idea, and I have used it since I did the interview with Sarah, um, of putting those smaller things on the to-do list actually was very helpful for me because I don't do that or hadn't done it in the past. And when I say like, write the next episode. That can seem like a lot, but when I break it down to do the interview, transcribe the interview, uh, you know, being able to check those things off did make me feel more motivated. And I found that a very, very helpful and effective tool. So I'm grateful for that. Yeah. I think it gives you a little momentum, right? It's like accomplishment. That's the word. Perfect word. Momentum. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yep. So we'll talk about five more tips. Nothing groundbreaking here, but all good reminders and also kind of nice to give ourselves permission when possible to work in the way that works best for us, which is not always sitting at a desk, staring at a computer during the specific hours of nine to five. So That's right. right. And I like the reminder that, you know, what worked yesterday might not work today. There's a, you know, kind of an organic ebb and flow to it all um, Mm -hmm. if, if we can manage that. Right, if that's an option. Some days it is and some days it's not. So thank you. I'm so delighted to be starting season 11 and uh, grateful to be doing it with you, Bridget. Thank you, Terry. And everybody check us out on social media. We have our daily posts, as always, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and even my favorite, Pinterest. Excellent. We'll see you next week. Yep. Bye, Terry. I love you. Bye, Bridget. Love you, too. 
We truly hope that our podcast brings a little more understanding, helps you better articulate your experience of depression, or better understand how to support someone else's. We invite you to join us for daily posts on the Giving Voice to Depression Facebook page and on Twitter and Instagram at Voice Depression. It is a comfort to be among fellow travelers on depression's dark road. And remember, if you're struggling, speak up. If someone else is, listen up.